your portal to the world of tech and social media. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. On Radio Live. Sunday social. You know, I was just now tweeting that uh, 50% of the show basically is educating my technical producer, Sarah, who's, well, she's not as old as me, about what constitutes proper music. And the the certainly counts for that. And Karen agrees. Um, it's great to have you along tonight. This is show number 187. Yes, I count them. And I'd love you to be part of the show. 3920 keyword live on the text gets right through to me. And you can tweet me at Vaughan Davis. A big congratulations to anyone who got up early and strapped on their running shoes and ate a banana, had a nervous poo and participated in the Auckland Marathon. I was watching you. I was watching you from about 2,000 feet flying gently back and forth in my plane. I've decided... That is how I'm going to do marathons from now on. Later on, Mr. Piyush Chandra returns to the show with a really good app. If you're you're a student or if you've got students in the family who get a bit distracted by the old mobile phone, we've got an app to help them focus. Plus, some great news. If, like me, you wonder, you know, when trying on a pair of pants, does my bum look big in that? Well, Amazon has got you sorted. First, though... tech company to actually make something physical. So when I spot one, I try and have them on the show. Dotterall is one such company. It's taking off, pardon the pun, in the drone industry. Forecast to be at a billion worldwide by 2030. And it's tackling one of the most annoying things about drones, the noise. From Dotterall, Sean Edlin joins me fresh off the plane from the States, I think it is, Sean. Welcome. That's right. Thanks for having me, Vaughan. So tell me about Dotterall. Give me, give me the lowdown. Sure. So at Dotterall, we develop noise reduction and audio enablement technology for drones. So the ability to make drones quieter, but also to record audio from them. What's wrong with a noisy drone? Well, I'm not sure if you've been around many, but they are incredibly loud. Um, it's not just the noise as well. It's not just the volume. It's a very high-pitched, annoying <laughs> whine. That's yeah. the one. There was actually a very recent um, study conducted by uh, NASA, and this was a large-scale study where they were comparing different types of vehicle sounds, so uh, trucks, planes, and a 
the drones were determined to be the most annoying sound by far. So, well, it's funny you should say that, yeah, because I'm, you know, I, I fly real airplanes. I love the sound of a real airplane, and, and in fact, some, you know, some particular airplanes, people, people used to when records existed, would buy records of Spitfires and Mustangs and Lancaster bombers, but I don't think anyone would buy an MP3 of a drone just to listen to its... Uh, well, it's all in the name, really, isn't it? Drone. It is, exactly, yeah. No, they're, uh, they are immensely annoying. So I guess what we're doing is we, we have two different types of technology. We have technology for making the drone quieter, and this yeah, is Yeah, so passive. we should talk about that first. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is mechanical technology, and it's really two components. We have acoustic shrouds. So these are like uh, round discs that surround the propeller. Well, propellers. So, propellers. so your, your average drone has at least four propellers usually, eh? maybe five, six, even more. They're, they're pretty different. You can have multi, so they're multi-rotor drones. They, they can have between four to eight usually propellers. Mm-hmm. You also have fixed-wind drones, which look a little bit more like a plane and usually only have one propeller at the rear. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've, you've got these, these four to eight uh, propellers, pro, you know, lifting this thing into the, into the air. It's, it's just about the sound of summer barbecues, isn't it, now? The, the, the sound of drones. I, I'm, I'm beginning to associate with clear, calm summer nights, which is a terrible thing. So you've got these half dozen propellers. How do you make those propellers quiet? So we have shrouds that surround the propellers, and these direct sound up away from the ground Mm -hmm. or a microphone if you're recording something. But they also comprise a uh, nanomaterial, and this is a very lightweight sound-absorbent material. And we work with a Kiwi company called Revolution Fibers on the on this material, um, and this absorbs absorbs sound. So it has yes, fantastic sound-absorbent properties. So instead of the half dozen propellers on your drone being exposed to the air and making a you know a loud noise could be heard all over the place, you've got essentially what a bit like a a, a, a tin can around it, except it's not made of tin. Yeah. Um, which which keeps the the noise I guess in the vertical plane and uh, and also absorbs the uh, absorbs the noise through this nanotechnology uh, yeah. so tell me more about this what what what's um, what are these these shrouds what, what are they made of what is this nano material well when you're Adding a shroud to a drone, you're adding a lot of weight, so that's going to create more noise because it's going to it's going to be lifting more, uh, lifting a greater weight. The um, what this nanomaterial is really good at is, is being incredibly sound absorbent, but also really really lightweight. So so we're able to produce have this thing on the drone that is going to enhance not hurt flight, but also absorb a large proportion of that sound. So, but to, but I understand what nano means. It means you know really really small. So it's made right. from small fibers. But small fibers of what? Some sort of plastic or carbon fiber or glass or what? What is it when you boil it down? They're a composite of a, a number of unique materials. Or is it so secret? Is it secret? It, it is got, a little oh, bit you've got secret. That look in your these, eyes, yeah, Sean. What these things are, are created out of? But um, yeah, and we're testing all types of different nanomaterials as well because different composites have different sound absorbent properties. So you, you've got these shrouds that go onto uh, on, on, onto drones is this is this something that um, you know someone with with a drone who wants to silence their drone will you know come come to Dotter and say I'll have six shrouds please and pop them on their drone is that how it works or is it yeah. somewhere further up the food chain we're, we're not quite there yet where we're, we're actively selling these things we're very much a, a development company 
we're building a bit of a pre-order book at the moment, so taking these, uh, taking interest on on these things. Um, but it, it, we will reach a stage where these things will be out there in the market. Um, we're a licensing company, so we aim to license this technology to drone manufacturers. Right. Okay, I get it. So, I understand that drone noise is annoying. How do you how do you make the leap from drone noise is annoying to people will pay to you know to get rid of the noise because hey it's just one of those things oh it's annoying you know it's just it is what it is why why, why is why is there commercial demand for a quieter drone so there are a number of commercial applications where drone noise is just such a major issue and I guess to give a couple of examples there's uh, surveillance and security where an element of stealth is required. Mm-hmm. There's conservation, so these things scale, uh, scare animals like crazy. And then we've got this upcoming drone delivery, so operating in, in residential areas. And if you've got operations in residential areas, you're going to be annoying a hell, uh, uh, annoying the people on the ground a, a lot. So, well, on, on the other hand, if I, if I was, you know, if, if a pizza were about to be, you know, delivered on my head, I, I would I would want to hear that drone. It's a bit like the electric car conundrum, you know, they they get too quiet and that creates its its own danger. We believe, and legislation is is showing because there are a number of proposals to get uh, noise reduction mandated that uh, people, residential areas are going to find this noise incredibly annoying and uh, disturbing. Well, yeah, I mean, now, you know, um, an annoying drone is usually caused by, you know, a a guy in his early 20s living with his mother, no girlfriend, so he bought a drone, flying it on a Sunday night. Um, But in, in the future of... One billion drones, and I don't know if you've heard that number, but I was reading it the other day. One billion drones by 2030. We're not dealing with one or two. We're dealing with almost a, a mosquito-like cloud of drones over our cities. It, right? Exactly, that's that's a, the future. A swarm of angry bees. Yeah, and uh, and that's what it's going to sound like. Another um, application that that uh, you know both of your technologies apply to, but we'll, we'll stick with the sound cancelling is uh, is is filming and, and, and news photography and uh, you know just video capture from the air, uh, which which typically you know people on on YouTube they they ignore the audio and just slap on some horrible music, but if you want to capture you know the noise of what's happening around you, you've got to, you've got to quieten those drones as well, right? That's exactly right. So it's a really expensive problem for the screen industry. And there's a couple of reasons. At the moment, there is no commercially available low-noise propeller system for drones. And that means, one, you can't record audio from the drone, Mm -hmm. which a number of people in the screen industry want to do. But also, if if you're doing aerial cinematography, you have to do two takes. You're either doing two things. You're either doing a a take where you're doing the aerial shot and you've got the drone Mm -hmm. and then you're doing another where you're capturing the audio just because that drone noise is so loud it gets picked up by every mic on set. The alternative is to post-process out that drone noise, which is, again, a really timely and expensive problem. And have you had much interest from the film industry here? I mean, we ha- you know we have a fairly active um, film industry in New Zealand. We do, yeah. It's it's been actually reasonably minimal here. We've we've had quite a strong focus on the US, which is why I've just just come back. So uh, a number of studios there uh, see this as a major problem and are reaching out to us at the moment, nearly every every couple of weeks. So yeah, there's really active interest. Hi, I'm talking to uh, Sean Edlin from Drone, let's call you a drone quietening company, Dotterall. Back soon. Welcome back to Sunday Social. Now, drones, lots of fun, 
really good footage, but let's face it, they can be noisy little buggers. And as summer draws closer, you know, the noise of mosquitoes in many of our backyards is being replaced by the noise of the neighbour's drone. Funny that the neighbour's drone is always more annoying than your own drone. Well, there's a New Zealand company set out to do something about that. The name is Dotterall, and from Dotterall, Sean Edlin rejoins the show. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. We spoke before the break about the technology you're using to make the drone quieter, essentially shrouds around the propellers that duct and absorb the noise from them. But the other thing you're doing is technology to allow a drone to record sound. Tell Mm. me about that. Exactly. So this is hardware and software that is on board the drone that allows you to pick up a source audio, so someone speaking. Usually you'll have, if you have a microphone on the drone, all you hear is a Yep. So what this technology does is takes that clean source audio and in real time also captures the uh, propeller noise and the motor noise and filters that out. So you've got a very clean audio source sent down to the ground in real time. So again, this, this is a bit like noise cancelling headphones except for a microphone. That's essentially essentially right. You are cancelling out the drone noise and getting a clean audio signal. So movies is one application for that, clearly, or, or you know, news journalism. You know, Paddy Gower stands there on, on the hill and the drone's right in front of his nose and then it flies away 100 metres recording audio all the time. I can, I can picture it. Um, surveillance, military and police, that's got to be part of it too, right? It is, yes. So if we think about um, surveillance, there's this want to be able to record audio and also transmit audio back to the person on the ground. So if you've uh, you've found someone breaking into your, uh, your, your shop, you can tell them, provide a warning, you can listen to the person, pick up that sound from the ground. Same goes for, for uh, search and rescue, so the ability to transmit audio there. You're listening for, for people on the ground. Mm-hmm. Once you've found them, you can actually do something with them because you can transmit audio to and from them instead of just hovering there. So there's a lot of potential for this, uh, these technologies you're developing at Dotterall. But how, how did it all start? You know, were you, were you sitting on the back deck one summer and um, got annoyed by the next-door neighbour, or was it, was, was it deeper than that? As a, as a bit of a preface... All of us at Founders, we were previously part of Lanzatech, which is now a global uh, biofuels company. Yeah, I saw that. Which that's a New Zealand company as well. But, it that, but it's a bit of a leap, you know, from biofuels to quiet drones. It, it is a little bit, uh, and we all had pretty different roles there. My, my co-founders were engineers. I was part of the commercial team, um, but we're all drone nerds, and that that's what unites us. Right. Um, Oh, so you're the annoying 22-year-old who lives with their mother, doesn't have a girlfriend, but has a drone. Exactly. One of How many guys. of those things are true? Uh, two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess being drone nerds, a competition came up uh, run by Callaghan, which is called the Sea Prize. So Callaghan's the you know, New Zealand government-funded uh, innovation arm, I guess, that incentivizes startup businesses and innovation. That's exactly right. And they've started running a very exciting new competition. Um, This particular competition, which was the inaugural one, was uh, the screen industry putting out challenges of fixing uh, things like aerial cinematography. What What are the issues with drones? We identified one of the major issues being uh, noise and also one that at the time we felt was, was one that is fixable. We didn't realise how hard it was at that point. Um, we went through that uh, competition and came runner-up 
And that took us to the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasting Show in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was there that we were just inundated with market feedback. So the screen industry came to us and we're amazed that we were, we were solving this problem. And we also won a Most Innovative Product Award there. It was at that point that we said, hey, this is, this is a real thing. Let's make this a real company. How hard was it from, from the idea of, you know, let's, let's make drones quieter to, hey, the drone is quieter? Uh, so, uh, well, it wasn't hard for you. You're on the commercial side. But how hard, and, and how hard was it for the engineers? For the engineers, oh, I mean, it is a really hard problem to solve. This is a problem that the um, aviation industry overall have been for the last fifty years of well, trying to get oh, planes quiet. I, I was thinking about this uh, on the way over. You know, going back through the history of aviation, Concorde was killed by noise. Mm. You know, there'd be there'd be Concords flying all around the world now if, if it weren't for the fact that, uh, you know, New York in particular wouldn't let them in because of the noise. And going back into the 50s, you, you know, I'll be I'll be very impressed if you know about this one, okay. a thing called the Ferry Rotodyne, which was a, a British um, compound helicopter, very, very fast city centre to city centre helicopter. Great job, too noisy, couldn't do it. So, yeah, noise has been a, a perennial problem, right? It's exactly, actually very, yeah, complex problem. Uh, and there's also a number of ways you can tackle it. You can look at what we're doing, the shrouds. Uh, you can look at active cancellation, creation of anti-noise. You can focus on the motors, or you can focus on the propellers. So, so, so anti, anti-noise, this is like the um, the noise-cancelling headphone things. I was I was really impressed to see that one of the um, airplanes in New Zealand uses, mm. op- uses anti-noise. So you're sitting in the, I think it's, the um, the dash eight maybe one of them anyway one of the regional airlines you're sitting in sitting in the cabin and it's not as noisy as it would be because there's big speakers that put out anti noise exactly yeah which is kind of cool it's, it is really cool one of but the, that's heavy it's heavy but you know drones are getting heavier as well mm. one of the the upcoming emerging technologies is these people moving drones so um, and there these things again are going to be operating in residential areas going to be incredibly noisy but you've got someone in a cabin so you need that in cabin noise cancellation as well um, as well as noise cancellation towards the ground so you're not annoying the neighbors so back to the question of how hard was it uh, incredibly, incredibly hard, and, and uh, again, we're still a uh, development company, but uh, making great progress on uh, the the active noise cancellation technology is progressing fastest. But uh, you're getting better and better composites for our shrouds all the time, and that's getting quieter and quieter. So it's it's hard, but but we're definitely getting there. Really hard to uh, explain this, I guess, but um, paint a picture for me of, of the difference in sound levels between you know that annoying six rotor drone that's taking a photo of me in my backyard with or without the shrouds mm, sure i guess it's probably important to mention that it's more, about more than just the reduction in noise so in terms of the the decibel reduction we're good there so at the moment we're getting a about a five db reduction which about 40 to 50 percent it depends on on the type of drone you're on mm-hmm. um however what we're really good at is changing what we call the color of the noise so when with noise you've got two components you've got tonal noise and broadband noise tonal noise is what makes the drones really annoying it's that, that, that sharp, it's, that it's, sharp it's the, it's shrill the, the yeah. shrill noise yeah and that's what we're fantastic knocking out and that's what this nanomaterial is really good at absorbing it's that high pitch those high pitch frequencies so what's ahead for the company how, how far away am i from uh going into noel leeming and and choosing a, a dotterel enabled quiet drone 
So next year, we aim to have that active technology early next year out there in the market. Uh, right now, we're working on some really quite high-profile use cases. Uh, we're taking part at the moment in Techstars, which is the an Adelaide-based program. It's, it's a, a global accelerator, though, um, and it's there that we're, we're working to build these initial high-profile use cases, initially in the screen industry, but also in defence. So working in, in exciting projects with uh, Boeing um, and, and, and some other groups affiliated with that Techstars program. So setting aside the, the noise cancelling for a moment, and you said you're a drone geek, looking to the future of drones, there, there are lots of uses, but what there, there seems currently to be a shortage of is really practical uses. You know, there are easier ways to get a pizza to my front door or an Amazon novel to my to my office than, than a drone. In terms of likely practical uses for drones, what excites you the most in the next, you know, five, ten years? Mm-hmm. So I, hey, drone deliveries does really excite me because it is a it is a very expensive from that last mile of, of deliveries for uh, for those um, logistics companies, and I think that's a very real uh, that's a reality that we'll, we'll see um, reasonably soon. However, I'm pretty excited about what's happening with swarm drones at the moment. So this is mm-hmm. you know, having multiple hundreds, yeah, hundreds hundred- of drones acting in concert. Absolutely, Um, and there you've got you've got a number of uses. At the moment, we're largely seeing them in things like the Lady Gaga uh, um, Super Bowl halftime show, but in areas like defence and and, and, uh, I guess border patrol, you'll have these things automated uh, or or, or on controlled flight paths, and they'll be able to take information and data from a a wide uh, area or a number of sources. So I think that's that's really exciting, and and, and they're making great strides there with that. Hey, Sean Edlin from New Zealand uh, drone technology company Dotterall, thank you so much for joining me on Sunday Social. Fantastic. Thanks very much for having me, Vaughan. And you can listen back to that uh, interview and indeed all the interviews we've done here at radiolive.co.nz under shows and Sunday social. Um, after the break, uh, Piyush Chandra uh, joins us for the apps of the week. But we were just we were just chatting. We were just chatting earlier. This is some drone news, and I don't know if Dotterall will uh, successfully silence this one. Um, worth googling. Worth googling in the ad break while, while paying close attention to the ads. Of course, um, a New Zealand designed aeroplane called the Pacific Aerospace Seven Fifty, which. Uh, you might know as a top dressing aeroplane or a, um, a parachuting aeroplane, big aeroplane, single engine, but about uh, 12 seats when in the passenger configuration, has been converted by a Chinese company into a drone. And this is a really big aeroplane, really big, and it has been converted by a Chinese company into a drone. That's interesting news. And so will the news be after this. Back soon. Navigating the digital landscape. Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back and welcome to the studio, Mr. Piyush Chandra, PC. How are you, buddy? Nice, Vaughan. Good to see you again. Good digital weekend so far? It's been a great one, actually. Just been relaxing a lot around the house, so that's been fantastic. Oh, you should have, you should have been on the internet. There's been lots of stuff happening. Lots of stuff happening on the internet. Lots of stuff happening. Well, I've been watching YouTube quite a lot more recently. Yes. Did you know that? Well, according to the latest release from Google, um, lots of people are watching YouTube on their TV now. They call it a substantial minority, but it's growing so rapidly that it's because it's so easy to access YouTube 
YouTube on your TV now. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it. And, and the, the thing that made it easy for me, and I, you can go through the smart TV channels and, you know, your, yeah. all that malarkey. I, I bought a, uh, a Google Chromecast, and if you haven't heard of these, this is the smartest $70 you'll ever invest around your house. It turns your TV... Even even a pretty old TV, eh? Into a into, into an internet connected device that you just then That's control right. from your uh, from your phone or from from your laptop. Amazing. That's right, it is. And um, when I first got it a few years back, um, I plugged it into a really old uh, HDMI TV that I had just lying around. Yep. Uh, and used it as my personal kind of you know broadcast some YouTube videos on it so that I could watch them a bit bigger. Mm -hmm. But progressively over the years, what's happened is every screen in our house now has a Chromecast because it just makes life so much easier. You can beam YouTube videos, you can beam presentations, you can beam pretty much anything you can do on your phone directly to the TV. Well, but before we talk about YouTube, uh, because that, that's what this is leading into, the other thing you can do with a Chromecast, if you have a Google Home, which is a smart speaker, <laughs> well, it's really a smart microphone, but they don't call it that, is you can use that to control your TV. So I can be standing in my kitchen and I can say, OK, Google, play me some goat videos. <laughs> and next thing you know, there's goat videos from YouTube coming up on my TV, thanks That's to Google right. Chrome, which is, which, is, which is pretty neat. But uh, you, you've been looking at, at, at the way um, YouTube is changing and how it's not just cat videos if you do it right. That's right. I mean, the thing is that... Um a couple of weeks ago, um, there was an article in the paper around the fact that there's a planet that's going to come and collide with planet Earth. And it, it upset me to read this article because I thought, you know, here's an opportunity for us to really understand what's happening out there in the world. Uh, and instead, we're being published these news stories. So I thought, well, let me just see if there's a lecture on YouTube that talks about what Planet Nine might look like. So I googled the hunt for Planet Nine lecture. And that keyword lecture is the big modifier for what you can do inside YouTube because universities and technical institutes and learning institutes are publishing lectures from Nobel laureates and scientists who are advancing all sorts of fields on YouTube. The first search result that came up, the Sackler lecture on the Sackler astronomy lecture on the hunt for planet nine from the guy who killed Pluto as a planet. <laughs> Oh, the guy who killed Pluto. But but the, but that, that's the point. There is some quality stuff. It's science, you know, it, it's university lectures, science-based, and it's not necessarily the same as you'll read in the headlines. Well, I had an example of this closer to home where, you know, I've got a, an 18-year-old son studying, uh, among other things, astrophysics at right. uh, Auckland University. And he was doing a bit of uh, bit of research and found some lectures from not sure where somewhere in the states, one of the you know top universities over there. Right. And he went, whoa, I recognise these 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 slides or this 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 material. And 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 it was the same as he was being, being taught shown at university. At yes. His university, which yeah. is kind of interesting. It's it's just one big happy academic world, I guess. It but is. The, but you don't need to be. You don't need to limit yourself to the, uh, the teaching staff that, uh, you know, your local university happens to have put in front of you. That's right. And, and more interestingly, what seems to be happening is that uh, these lecturers kind of look at each other's presentations and methods of involving people, and they've been developing way more accessible ways for you to access this information. So the Sackler lecture, for example, is pitched in a way that a 10-year-old can understand it. So here I am. I'm sat in the lounge on a Saturday afternoon. The kids want to watch crazy Minecraft videos. And I said, no, hang on, guys. Let's watch something that's going to be interesting and engaging. 
So I turned on the Sackler thing. Worst dad ever. <laughs> how, how did that go down? Well, funnily enough, um, it went incredibly well. So now they know about the hunt for Planet Nine. They know uh, why Pluto isn't a planet. And more importantly, they then went off and hunted down a few other lectures that they were interested in to make Minecraft physics work better. So I guess it all goes back to Minecraft. It all, it all connects. <laughs> so, so the magic word, though, and this, this was really interesting, the magic word, if, if you want to tap into this whole world of content on YouTube, is... You know, whatever you're searching for, plus the word lecture. lecture. And suddenly you've got the, uh, the, the the top academics in the world sitting right there on your laptop. Hey, this this next story really interests me because it, it goes into uh, privacy, it goes into uh, motivation, it goes into commerce. Uh, this is the offer that a U.S. life insurance company, John Hancock, made. They're offering all their customers an Apple Watch for 25 bucks. That's a pretty good deal, PC. 25, because oh. it's, it's about 500 bucks US. 25 bucks. I know. It sounds good. It uh, sounds good. It sounds good. But there's, uh, a, but there's a catch. Yeah, there's a huge catch. You end up giving up a lot of your personal data, and I think um, that's a very slippery slope for everyone to be going down. So here's, here's the deal. Not available in New Zealand, I have to say, <laughs> but... Uh, get a $25 Apple Watch, wear it for two years, and if over those two years you're a good boy or girl and exercise enough and do enough steps and your heart rate goes up enough during the day, if you do all those things, deal. It's a $25 watch. If you don't, you've got to pay full price. Yeah. And in the meantime, for them to know that, you've got to share all that physical behavior data with your life insurance company. That's right. And, and you know, I shake my head because the whole point of insurance is to uh, give you protection in case you need it. Um, discounting it by exposing your personal data, um, I think, is, is a very dangerous thing to do because the implications go way beyond just what they tell you they're going to use it for. We've seen so many data leaks out there um, that, you know, if that information would get into the wrong hands, um, it could be exploited against you. Um, and I'm, I'm a very firm believer in, in the way that Google views the world of, of health data, which is to say, I own the data, it belongs to me. I license it to you for a period of time. As a result of me licensing it to you for a period of time, you might give me a discount or I might negotiate with multiple insurers, but it's my data. I'm in control. I'm almost at the point where I want to become as rabid as the European Union about protecting data because... The, the whole personal data sovereignty yeah. thing. Well, but th this reminded me, when, when this story popped up this week, uh, reminded me that something like this happened in New Zealand about yes. a year ago, and I don't know how successful it was. I haven't been able to get a handle on this. I think it still exists. Tower Insurance. Yes. Are, are you with Tower Insurance? No, I'm not, but I found what they did to be very, very interesting. Yeah, so, th for, so for car insurance, they brought out an app. Uh, the name of the app is Safe Driver, Smart Driver. Smart, Smart Driver. Driver. Still yeah. exists, so if you're a Tower Insurance <laughs> company uh, customer, you can download it, give it a go. And what they say is run this app while you're driving. It will record how you drive. So whether you are, you know, flooring it, um, you know, going too fast, uh, braking too hard, yeah. it's, 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 it's come up with some algorithm you know, that works with the accelerometer on your phone to determine whether or not you're a safe driver. And if you drive safely for, I think, about 300 kilometres, um, or, sorry, 150 kilometres, it will score you 
Yeah. And if you score well, you'll get a discount yeah. on your insurance premiums. And this one's a good one because it isn't about exposing your personal data other than where you travel to, which mm -hmm. may be something that's suspected. But here's the thing. People that would take part in using this app do so because they already know they're compliant. They already know that they're going to get the discount, so it's worthwhile for them. Or they go, oh, you know, I can drive nicely for 150Ks, and then you go back to being a hoon. Uh, yeah, but if you've done it for 150, 150 kilometers... It's only 150 kilometers. I, I think people that are going to use that app would it would naturally want to um, um, maintain the, the discount that they get. And, and remember, insurance, one, one infringement, one issue, and your uh, premiums go up. So mm. it's really for those people that were always going to be compliant. You know? in, in, interesting, though, you know, in the, in the past, uh, what's the word? Is it actuar actuarial tables? They, actuarial they, tables, They used yeah. to have just, you know, great big tables saying, yeah. you know, the PC's a 40-something-year-old guy, doesn't yeah. smoke, eats too many pies, he's going to die age X. <laughs> now they'll just take a feed from your Fitbit and go, you know what, you're going to die in 22 years. Here's your insurance premium. And you go, oh, that's, that's a bit depressing. Right. That's a bit depressing. Hey, um, uh, th this next one, I don't know if it's uh, if it's depressing or not. Amazon is coming out with feature after feature after feature. Some of them are so wacky, you don't know whether they're hoaxes or not. They're just right. they're, they're, yeah. they're just so over the top. Um, I'll I'll leave with one which which, which is a hoax. Uh, I read on the <laughs> onion.com this morning, which is which is always funny. Um, Amazon sleigh. Yeah. So so this is not Santa and his sleigh. This is uh, man with a knife sleigh. Amazon sleigh. Um, they'll come around to your house and kill you. Um, <laughs> so you don't even have to get out of bed. They'll come around to your house and kill you with your yeah. choice of uh, with your choice of method. And you can even gift it. Gift it to a loved one. Amazon sleigh. So that's kind of go. out there. That's kind of it out is. there. The I mean, it's a great it's a great sarcastic take on on Amazon Key, which is the 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 ability for you to give them a passcode to enter your house and drop packages off inside your house. But but it's it's a perfect example of how things are likely to go wrong. Amazon Key. So that's interesting. So they, they there's a physical lock they sell you, yeah. which you can use, but also they can use. That's so right. it's it's like giving giving Amazon the key to your door. Of course, in the olden days, uh, we used to literally give the electricity meter reader the key to our door, and yeah. they, they would keep them on file. They come around, unlock your door, read your meter, and go home. That's yeah. right. And there used to be the great uh, story of the skeleton key that could open any door in any in any city. I'm I'm not sure that's true. This, <laughs> this next one is true though. Um, I'm a I'm a bit of a fashion victim. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I I find it hard to know what goes with what. Yeah. Which is why I always wear this black T-shirt. Um, right. <laughs> but my worries are over because this next Amazon product is going to solve my fashion conundrums forever. It's called Amazon Echo Look. So Amazon Echo is their line of internet-connected home devices. Amazon Echo Look, and this is, this is creepy beyond measure for some people, but interesting for others. Amazon Echo Look is an internet connected camera that sits on the shelf in your bedroom and looks at you in your clothes. You lost me at in my bedroom. <laughs> well, this is this is this is the best place to have it. Unless yeah. you have unless you have a walk-in wardrobe where oh, you get a dressing room. Yes. So this camera, it's got lights on it as well. So if it's a bit dark, it can still see you properly. Sits on a shelf in your bedroom. You put on your black t-shirt and your blue jeans and you present yourself to Amazon Echo Look. It uploads the image to the internet and through a combination of artificial and apparently human intelligence tells you whether that's a good look. And it tells you, you know what, you'd better be better off in a white shirt. 
And yeah. if you don't have a white shirt, it'll sell you one. Well, this is this is globalization gone wrong, quite frankly. <laughs> you're, you're, again, you're, you're against it? I'm well, against it. I got an email two days ago from Amazon, because I'm on the waiting list for one of these, right. saying uh, it's ready to ship, available now, $199 US. And then, Amazing, it, says, and then it? it says it doesn't ship to New Zealand. So clearly I need to use uh, oh. one of those, you know, cross-shipping uh, products. That's Interesting. Right. So, so you wouldn't do it? No, I don't think so. But but here's the thing. So uh, a few years back in, in Tokyo, they made an interactive wall that um, captured images of people walking past it and then changed the color to, f to match and give them the best selfie uh, based on the clothes, color of the clothes they were wearing. So, so that experiment's been done. It was incredibly successful. I think the reason I wouldn't go for it is that actually there's a lot of um, culture that gets expressed through the way people dress and and the ah, more you get so the globalization aspect of it is yeah. what you don't like well we'll all look like we just stepped out of a j crew catalog well basically what it means is that it's like a little scene from a star trek movie right if you're not part of the if you're not part of the crew you're wearing some fancy gray looking thing so that's what's going to happen <laughs> look at that hey after the break the uh the apps you just cannot get through the week without including one that's very very good if you're a uh, a person studying or you know someone studying and they're easily distracted by their phone. Back soon. And welcome back to Sunday Social. Yes, indeed, don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion apps out there, but most of them are hashtag rubbish. Not the ones we've been looking at, though, PC. No. We, we, we sort through the swine to deliver the pearls. Are you, are you into quizzes? Are you into quizzes? That's I a quiz question. Them. Yes, I no. I love quizzes. Yes. You love quizzes. <laughs> I was a quiz kid. Were you? I was a television quiz kid. Oh, my God. As a child, yes. I might uh, have to start idolising you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd start. Uh, no, I was on a uh, intermediate student um, quiz show called W3, which was quite, quite, the, uh, quite the phenomenon wow. back in the day. Now, I like quizzes, and it surprises me that it's taken so long for a really cool quiz platform to pop up on the internet. And I think this next one is. Do you, do you, think, it, do you think it's cool? Do you think it's cool? I th well, from what I've seen of this app, it's pretty amazing. Even the videos themselves just look so good. They're pretty good. This is called HQ. HQ. It's only on iPhone. It's uh, So it's an iOS app. It's called HQ. It's a weekly live quiz show that you can be a part of online. Have a listen to this. As the great singer, songwriter, and computational biologist Rebecca Black once said, It's Friday. Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. If she were writing the song today, I think she would mend the lyrics to Gotta get down with HQ on Friday. Because yeah, that's what you do. When you're playing HQ, you get down with it, you win some money. Hi everybody. Exactly, you win some money. So there's a guy I'd never heard of. That was him, Scott Rogowski. That's a very American name, isn't it? Yeah, Scott isn't it? Rogowski. He asks anyone who's logged into the app a multi-choice question, and you've got a boom get it right really fast well you know it um it beats the chase where you're just yelling at the screen you're now yelling you just at the screen get it. to play it's a one-way thing so you know you start off and there might be ten thousand of you and he asks a multi-choice question and you hit a and if the answer is a you go through to the next round everyone can keep watching but if you got the right answer you keep playing and the next round he asks a harder question you press the right answer you keep playing have a listen to how it's played Question one. Four of the five major sports in the U.S. have what word in their name? Sports, league, or team?
There are five major sports now, thanks to the MLS joining the MLB, NFL, NHL. League is the name, is the word we're looking for. National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, National Football League, Major League Soccer, NBA. And an while this is going on, this is all live video with overlays of graphics that you can touch on your screen. Get through to the end, you'll win hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. Well, this is... um. I think this is the next new thing. I in think quiz this is gaming. huge. This is huge. This is invented by the guys who uh, came up with the online video app Vine, yeah. which you'll recall was bought by Twitter and then sort of withered. Uh, the name of it's HQ. It's only for iPhones. Sorry, Android people like me. Uh, we'll just have to watch over your shoulder. But uh, Friday night uh, American time, which would be Thursday, uh, Thursday night New Zealand time, give it a go. Hey, you've got another game. You've got another game which is also out of America with a real um, sort of pop culture uh, heritage to it. That's right. So last night, um, uh, Stranger Things Season 2 came out on Netflix. So let's explain what Stranger Things is. Sarah's very excited. She's doing the hoo-ya hands in the air in the booth. <laughs> Stranger Things is a... Uh, is a it's clearly for the young hip people. It's Well, it's it's for anybody who misses the 80s and, and wishes that um, they could watch horror flicks. I was a quiz kid in the 80s. Did I tell you that? I think I did. <laughs> you did I think you I did. did. You did. No, so Stranger Things is a Stranger Things is a very interesting story. Um, every time I try to explain it, I fail. My only recommendation is watch the show. But if you love arcade-style games and you want to relive the entire TV show as a game, you can download the Stranger Things app and play as if you were one of the characters. You know, the thing I like about it the most is this is a game that goes with a show that's set in the 80s, but the game is an 80s-style game. Very low resolution, sort of clunky music, you know, very up, down, left, right gameplay. That's really right. cool. Hey, we've got time for one more thing, and, and because I promised we'd talk about this, uh, we really should. So it's exam time. It it's is. Exam- well, how old are your oldest children? Well, eldest is 11, but oh, so not, not quite exam time. He's got exams in two weeks. He's got exams in two weeks. Well, my, two my household at the moment is all about the exams. In fact, That's I've right. got a flying exam in two weeks. Oh, for wow. all of us, for all of us, it's all about the exams. And I was listening to something this morning about the way that our smartphones distract us from, you know, from doing what we're doing. Look, I'm a victim. Um, You're a victim? You know, once, once every 15 minutes... A notification comes through. I need to check something. Once every 15 minutes, you've got no friends. Um, so there's an app. I'm trying to be disciplined. I'm trying to be disciplined. Well, this app. There's a bunch of apps. There's a bunch of apps uh, designed to stop you being distracted by your smartphone. Ironically, they are smartphone apps. Um, this one's called Forest, which I think is is cute. It's really simple, and well, you, you've you've had a play with it, PC. I have. So I, I decided to uh, be even more disciplined and attempt to do two hours of work without approaching my cell phone. So I turned on this app, and it asks for a whole bunch of permissions which allow it to essentially lock the phone off from me. Mm -hmm. And when you turn it on, it plants a seed and the tree can grow. So the the forest is literally a forest of trees which grow on your screen. That's right. And uh, the longer you leave it, the more the forest grows, which means that you can really kind of dedicate yourself to... Growing a forest and doing the work that you're supposed to, or, or communicating with friends and family, if, if that's what your objective was. Um, well, today I have um, killed a lot of trees. So how do you kill a tree? You turn your phone on and you pause the app. Aha. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so a tr- you, you, you tell it, okay, I want to be undisturbed or undistracted for 
40, 10 minutes, 40 minutes, minutes, 10 minutes, whatever yeah. it is, and it starts counting down. The tree starts growing. If you make your target, the tree thrives. The name of the app is Forest. I tried it too. Nothing but dead trees. <laughs> Well, let's just give it up. Well, we, we we're not going to be we're not going to be well, separated think, from our look, smartphones, it, are we? It's like yoga's not for me, but I'm going to give this a go. Forest is the app. Hey, um, PC, thank you so much for joining me in the uh, in the panel chair yet again. Sean Edlin from Drone Company. Dotterall. Sarah O'Dwyer, so young but knows so little about music in the booth. Next up, the weekend variety wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis, ninety nine.